Hey, crackheads, welcome back to Atsune Miku's Crack House. I'm your host, as always, Sam Kingmo, a little under the weather this week. Uh, so, because of that, here is Cut Content Volume 3. If you're a new listener, every once in a while, Miles and I will drop a collection, or in this case, one big long cut piece from episodes because when we record crack house typically record well over the 90 minute mark but since we like keeping the show to a tight 90 minutes sometimes good bits and good content needs to get cut for the sake of time so we like to make sure that content eventually sees the light of day take a shot every time i said content in the last sentence uh without further ado this is all the way back from episode four we recorded three hours worth of content this is the back half of that show, and if you were listeners back then, uh, you will remember that Miles's mic uh, was awful. So I am going to try to do a little bit of audio editing to it, but it is nowhere near good sounding as the show you've been listening to for basically the last forty plus weeks at this point. But if the mic doesn't disturb you, please enjoy us reminiscing on Machinima, Smash Tasm, and our old days as YouTube Let's Players. So I uh, hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, fucking. Uh, well, we have one well, more question okay. that was sent okay. was sent after I think we recorded last week. All um, right, what we got? It was uh, more more kind of a general like topic question, but uh, but. Uh, at Real Stelbon Aska, uh, please talk more about the various forms of machinima and smash machinima that and that whole sector of wacky, weird, low-quality creative bullshit. Well, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Do you remember Peach's slutty adventure and Wolf's retarded mission? I, uh, I remember Zelda the Slut, but I do not remember. <laughs> well, Zelda I re- the Slut is amazing. Slut. Uh, you know, I, I, like, got, dude, I got so high the other day, and it was, like, 3 a.m., I'm like, I need to send. I am like I was so close just sending you Zelda Switch. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this. Do you want to just knock this out now, or do you want to save it for after let's, the question? Let's. Do, I want to. Do, I want to talk. I want to. Let's knock it out because he said he said wacky, weird, low quality, creative bullshit. And I think fan fiction is a perfect fit. Uh yeah. So so first of all, there were two things, but I think his name was like Dexter something, like Dexter four three one. One of those. <laughs> Jet Jetster Dexter. Jack yeah De- no it's a uh, Dexter Dexter Jetster. Jetster. <laughs> Dexter Jetster and his fifties diner in in uh, <laughs> the the my favorite my favorite prequel characters are Kit Fisto Dexter Jetster. Shit Fisto dude Shit Fisto shit no Kit Fisto Shit Fisto. <laughs> Oh wait, there's another one. Yaddle, the female Yoda. Yaddle's great. Um, How do you fucking? I'm looking it up. You can hear my. You can hear me typing. You can hear me typing on my mechanical keyboard, my rainbow keyboard with my dual monitors. What? What, what the fuck's her name? Yaddle from Star Wars. Oh, here we go. Yaddle. What the fuck is this? I've never seen this bitch in my life. She's in episode one, I think. She's like in the the this like the, a background character. Yeah, she's a background character. Um. There's Yaddle. Oh no, and then there's Savage Opress. <laughs> You'll never believe what he is. Hold on, I'm pulling up his Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. Wait, he's just Darth Maul with without a horn. Yeah, Savage Opress. Opress. 
you mean oh there was a great um uh reminds me of this awesome this is awesome bit um uh, by a YouTuber I'm a big fan of K-Bash who I love. He did a video on, on the uh, one of the mana games and he was talking about the names in some of them and like there's this character named Sand Arrow. <laughs> I didn't I which one is that Legend Trials? Uh it's it's uh one of the DS ones, one of the spin-off DS. It's like oh, it's yeah. like uh Q Kit. Children of Mana or probably Yeah, it's uh it's it's heroes or something. It's some oh, of heroes, heroes of I think in the title. Okay. Heroes of Mana. And yeah. like <laughs> Gaming character names like Rocket, <laughs> Rocket, his friend Cucus, and Sand Arrow. <laughs> well, oh, oh, that reminds me of the other one, which is Sebulba. 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 Who is a bully that bullies uh, Anakin and Bod races with him. Say what you will about Star- the Star Wars prequels. The sequels don't got its average O-Press, for sure. No, well, the sequels don't have anything. The sequels- no, nothing of interesting value. Do you want to talk about the fucking sequels? Do you have anything? You have anything to say about the sequels? I have hours of content on the sequels, but we will we will edit that around. We'll put it earlier in the podcast. Why the fuck not? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll do something with it. But but I'm gonna answer this question, okay? So so there were two there were two uh, machinima uh, Wolf's Retarded Mission and Peach's Slutty Adventure. Peach's Slutty Adventure was done in Melee, and I don't really remember the plot of it other than it involved a lot of cursing uh, and sex jokes. And yeah, Daisy's head got chopped off and then uh, Captain Falcon put uh, used it as like a blowjob machine mm-hmm. for a disemboweled head. Um, oh, oh, and then um, uh, or disembodied head. And then and then Peach goes to prison. <laughs> Did somebody say prison? <laughs> Peach goes to prison. Now uh, you said it was in melee. So what stage did they use? Uh, <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> With okay. Final Destination being like the warden's room. Okay, Inter- that's kind of funny. That's kind yeah. of funny. Um, but it, you know, it's like a lot of toilet humor, a lot of sex jokes, like you know that sort of thing. I don't remember any of it really. Uh, and then Wolf's Retarded Mission, which was by the same guy. Um. And uh, I I don't even think he got that far into it, but it was like Wolf. I, I just remember Wolf had a conversation about the show Lazy Town with someone. Oh my god! And he was like, "I well, I rather like that Robbie Rotten character." And I just I, that's the only thing I remember about Wolf's Retarded Mission, other than the theme song, which has stuck with me forever because the theme song is fucking great. Oh, and and the the Peach's Slutty Adventure song, uh, it used at one point the uh the start of every episode used the persona and never felt like. Dude, the slow one, the slow one that plays in the shops. Yeah, the slow one that plays in the mall. That that shit hits different, dude. That shit's so hot, bro. I yeah. fucking love that remix. So so that started every episode. We mentioned Smash Tasm, of course, which which we went into at length. Um, but then there was like all these really crappy like little side machinimas, like like uh, uh, Densetsu no Smash or whatever. Smash oh. Like Densetsu Smash Gaiden or some shit like that. Yeah, Smash Gaiden. I don't know. Uh, and it was it was just about like it was about like a tournament. Like everyone paired up in teams, and there was a tournament. It was like the most the most common machinima type was tournament arc. Yeah. Oh, a hundred per a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. All the big ones had a, had some kind of like tournament or something. Now, yeah, Miles. All the all the Smash machinima had had tournaments. Miles, keep your recording going. I have to take a massive shit. All right, go for it. <laughs> yeah, so so for for the, the two I think because when I read this question, 
the the first thing I thought of him initially because you brought up Smash was Smash Tasm. Yes, which I believe we talked about, right? We talked about we talked about we brought it up briefly on a previous episode, but I I want to get into it a bit more because it kind of a formative piece of YouTube art for me personally. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with that, but it's the stupidest thing you've ever said. What What do you mean? Because it's it's such a like dumb thing to say, and yet it's completely right. Yeah, that's because sort of the that's that's and the that's, thing about it. Because like you say that, and you're like, it's it's like if I. I, it's almost there's like nothing comparable. I, mean, I don't know. It, it's almost like saying Steven, Steven Universe Future is like a, a, is a great like representation of post traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> like like there are people who argue that, and I'm like, you might be right, but that is an insane thing to say out loud. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it it's a uh, pr- yeah. It's it's pretty rough. Bunkers, um, but. And now here's the deal. I if you're interested in like early like internet gaming shit, watch Smash Chasm. I mean, let's be honest. Only watch the melee version. There's I don't even think the brawl o- version finished. It did so so shippage. So basically, Smash Chasm. Those no no. Smash Machinima initially started with melee. Came out in 2007, January 15, 2007. Uh, creator was Shippage, who did everything by himself except for the voices, um, which kind of got handed to him. Chore- the choreography is not good because uh, he did it by himself. But uh, you got to give the guy credit where it's due. He had a story. There, there's a tell. couple good shots. Like he 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 had a, a shot of like Mario falling, and it's a it's an f uh, you know a first person view. Yeah. Um, of um of him falling down. Uh and uh. And, and basically, like, Martha's charging up his up smash. And it's like, you just, like, zoom in onto the up smash animation. So there's just, like, at the center of the frame, just, like, a sword tip. And it's, like, glowing. You, you know how it looks when you're charging up oh, smash. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that's kind of a cool shot. It's pretty creative. Yeah, he's, I mean, like, he's, he's a good creator. Now, it looks like, so basically what he did was, the original S- Smash has, which was Melee, very popular for its time. First episode has 750,000 views. Um, as of now, 10 episodes. I think it got reposted. I think it had more at the time. Oh, okay. It might have. I mean, this first episode came out in 2000. Like, it, the date says 2007. And if oh, you so private it, it and redid then. it, it resets yeah. the date. So, the first episode is still initially up. Basically, the plot of it is that, Mar- is that Smash Melee is an online fighting arena server. And all the stages are different servers. And it stars Mario player named Super64, wants to be the best, he's shit at Melee, he doesn't know how to fucking play. And, um, and it's basically his just misadventures, um, shout out to, of course, the, uh, like, great iconic characters, like, uh, of course, you can't forget Leet Fox. Uh, There's Leet Fox. That Prince dates the Rock. show immediately, dude. Yeah. Leet Leet Fox. I was uh, is Leet, is well, and it's spelled one through three seven. Is, yeah. So, so yeah. So so for, for, for all right. For those who don't know, Leet is a form of internet speak. Was popular in the early two thousands. That's it. Um, styled were, one. you replace as many uh, letters as you can with either numbers or symbols. So instead yeah. of typing M, it's forward slash backslash forward slash backslash. Yeah. So, for, so for example, so Leet is stylized as one three three seven, and it's a little it's a little challenging for people because different numbers can mean different letters. Um, like I believe a th- three a three can mean like a couple of things. As like oh no, a seven can mean a couple of things. Yeah, seven um, can be a couple of different things. It can be uh, T, 
Uh, it can also be V, I think, too. Yeah, V or Z. Um, but, yeah, so but, it's yeah. a little... It's a little hard to read. If you were if you were a fan of Mega Tokyo back in the day, by the way, great comic. Highly recommend reading if you want to peek at like actual hardcore gaming culture in like 2002. It's fucking great read. Um, they they uh, one of the characters speaks in Leet quite a bit in the early chapters. Obviously, you probably don't do that in the the, the it's still running. I think. Um, but yeah, basically bunch of bunch of dumb characters. Shout out to Lamp, who is like a Samus player, who is just like dumb. Yeah, he has uh, no fucking brain cells, and he thinks Samus is a guy. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, and then there's Pimpachu, the Pimpachu. <laughs> Pimpachu, pimp. yeah. Who and has, then who has uh, a bunch of hoes. Um, who the fuck was uh? Who the fuck was the the Mewtwo player? Because Mewtwo, it, like the character who plays, it was like the Mewtwo character is like the the sensei, the trainer of Super sixty four. Because at the end, the, basically. The whole plot revolves around like Leet Fox and his f- former f- al-, al former ally turned villain Greg. Yeah, uh, Gr three G. Yeah, yeah, Greg. They were both like Leet hackers. Uh, Greg made I think fucked over Leet Fox or some bullshit. And so, then basically, so I, think, I think what happened is that is that Greg and Leet Fox were hackers and they played on banned servers or cut content. Um, and then one day, I I think. <sighs> I don't know. I think I think one of them got banned, and it was Greg. Yeah, or something. something something happens. Something happens. So where there's like, a schism between Greg and Lead Fox. There's a falling out, and it basically comes down to like they they meet up and they're like, "Look, we're gonna bet like it's your guy Super sixty four versus my guy Kill a Seven, who's a." Um, I can't believe shitty, I remember so much about shit, this yeah. fucking show. He plays a shitty Bowser player, and he he's has a shitty Bowser player with like the most high pitched, obnoxious voice ever. Well, yeah, he's like a kid, and and he like when he he laughs, he snorts. Like he's like he's like um uh he's like what's his face from um from Freaked uh, uh like uh Fre- Freaked is like a, a movie from like ninety three, but um yeah it, it's a, there's like a little boy with like buck teeth and like like big curly like red hair and gigantic glasses and big ears like um and and like he's just constantly yelling um but but he's like a little boy uh, and it's like yeah. he kind of reminds me of, of kill a seven yeah 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 just very like just a, like your, your average call of duty like kid gamer basically uh and they yeah they basically they they get basically trained up to, to fight uh nobody and neither of them know how to play the fucking game <laughs> yeah so uh, the they, lamest fight scene of all time yeah well so so basically well there's a great part, a section where greg is teaching kills how to play and he's like use up b and he's like where's up b on the fucking controller so like this is the level of, of high tier play these characters are at. so to make it interesting basically for the final fight the the characters are given one hack basically it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you they're get, all allowed they're all allowed one like, hack and yeah and so, greg, so super, greg uses giga bowser bowser obviously and then uh mario i think he just takes souped up specials i think is what he takes. yeah yeah he, he decides to become super mario um yeah which which has like no iframe recovery on like yeah his, it's all have like, you ever seen like a turbo play with like the specials so he's able to shoot out like a ton of fucking fireballs yeah uh, and it's a good and it's a good bit it's a, it's a it's a good bit it's a clever way how they kind of end it because they tie it back to some shit he learned earlier well, well he, t- he ties it back to he was learning from the Mewtwo player and the Mewtwo yeah. player tells him he has to use his cape more use your cape use, use your cape yeah. super no I, I remember he says use your cape super 64 it's so it was like good. super it... close to the mic um and and so he wins by he gets under the stage and using super mario the hack for super mario the cape allows him to stay in the air and not fall off the stage and get zoned out um yeah 
So so he he stays below the stage, comes back, and then beats uh, Killa Seven uh, in a surprise attack, um, and he wins. And I, I think Greg gets banned or is forced to sign off. I don't necessarily remember how that. Part I think of it they, they they have to leave or something. Yeah, I think it's a mutual agreement, basically. Um, yeah, and then uh, also to c- couple of the other. Um, two other characters i wanted to point out the other two like major characters is uh a gandorf who's a female player and then uh the other is this marth player who's obsessed with getting sonic and tails unlocked oh yeah prince prince rock prince rock i forgot about the female ganondorf who who i don't remember her name i think it's like i'm trying to pull i'm trying to pull it up and there's a link player too do not remember his name i'm just i I don't think the link player does anything Oh, okay, that's right. Oh, he gets sent to the Shadow Realm with Kirby just spamming the high taunt. Uh, I'm yeah. just skipping through the episodes right now, I don't remember. So basically, that's what happened in Smash Tasm. Uh, and then it basically got picked up by Machinima. The actual, the actual Machinima, Machinima channel. Uh, and then he made a Brawl one. And he did four episodes for the Brawl, just disappeared. And apparently, it looks like this, he made uh, Smash Tasm episode five, seven years ago. Yeah, so, I, I remember, like, suddenly production slowed, he... I think he didn't want to do it, honestly. And it makes sense. I don't sense blame him. Yeah, well, well, Smash Chasm 1 was not really a comedy. It was a light comedy, but it was more like a little adventure film. It was sort of like yeah, a... Yeah, he, kung... he tried well, to like tell a, a kung fu story. Movie. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like a little kung fu movie. Like, you have this, like, noob gets trained up by a master... Um, and then it's, it's sort of like drunken masters where you, you, like, like this guy is trained up by this sort of hesitant mentor, uh, because, uh, you know, of reasons. Um, and, and the player is like not good. He's not diligent to his training, but he does eventually learn and, and win the day. Um, so it, it it is sort of like a little like Kung Fu movie in that way, like a karate kid. Um, and, and he tried to tell a story and then Smash Tasm 2 is like the lamest fucking thing in the world because it's just like a bunch of shitty memes. Yeah. And terrible jokes. Yeah. It's, it's, it it was like, they were like, he was like, and here's the thing, like he was trying to do something, but it didn't work out. (laughs) No, it was, it was just like unfunny and lame and like. And and I, I and there's a villain named Giram Six, and it was a wolf player, and spelled backwards, it's I am Greg. And like Super sixty four was hapless in the original. Like it, it's interesting to talk about because I, I as lame as Smash Tasm is in a way, I, I respect it because it was a an extremely earnest story. Oh yeah, um, no, I a hundred percent, dude. I fucking I love Smash Tasm. Like I, I love like, it. I have no respect for season two because it felt so self conscious and try hard. Yeah, um, I you, can you could, agree you could with tell that. it was like very much a product because like Machinima was like kind of all these new groundsy people like started doing Machinima and of course they carried over their crappy sense of humor um, and and so Machinima sort of started turning that direction like Peach's Slutty Adventure and Wolf's Retarded Mission was like it was basically a flash cartoon uh, that was made in the the melee engine yeah um, made in Smash yeah, yeah made in Smash um, made in Heaven uh, made in Abyss. <laughs> Uh, yep. but, um, but, uh, so Smash Tasm season two is like, it's just like this lame meme garbage. Um, like super 64 is like, is like a dork. Oh no, he's a mod now. He's a mod on the yeah. server, even though he won via cheating. Uh, and, uh, and <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's a mod on the server and no one acknowledges the fact that he won because he cheated. Uh, and then he, he has to do something about Giram six. I don't even remember. There, there's Smash Tasm. There's Packery. 
uh, who's a who's like a letter carrier, and he's yeah, a pit yeah, player. it's a pit player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lamp. I literally returns. don't remember anything. There's Giram Six has two two henchmen, Grant and Grant, uh, who are Fox and Falco players. I completely I, forgot about Grant and Grant. I literally only remember them, by the way, because they were in a uh, they their their like intro screen was on uh, was on was one of the thumbnails. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, but um, um yeah, but uh, but but I don't I don't remember. I think at one point, uh, Super Sixty Four is kidnapped and and he's like held hostage by Kiram Six, and that's in a prison. That, yeah, in a prison. He's in a prison. Oh, and the way that they did the prison was like the classic like stage builder prison oh where, yeah oh yeah. yeah it was it's pretty that's pretty funny like i think that's yeah you, that's you, put, the... you put a character in a in a box essentially a little like thin square box and then you line the top of it with spikes uh so that the player can only spawn within the box yeah and and there was a glitch where if you put the thin platforms directly below the box or directly below a uh a, a box a tile a box tile um you could uh, up smash through it and get out of the and and pass through each block to escape. And I don't know why. I don't know if they were setting that up or if that was going to happen. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I that that would be how I would handle that scene. I can't believe I'm like bringing like my stupid writing yeah, advice it's, to, to it, it's fucking smash tasm season two. It's fucking. I mean, trash. it's really. I mean, like garbage. let's be honest. Like it's really hard to explain the appeal of this content to someone who was not around at the time or was participating participating in online video game entertainment in the year like 2007. The problem is there's no appeal to smash tasm. There's nothing or smash tasm season two. There's nothing yeah. about it. Like if, yeah, season if you want to see like yeah. If if you want to see like a cute little like adventure series made by like you know maybe, maybe like a like a young high school student he was probably like what fifteen yeah. fourteen when he made Smash Dazm sixteen at most um, now you like you know it's like you you can watch it and be like oh this is cute like you know there, there's a there's an adorable quality to it like oh hundred percent yeah it's it's like it's like watching like a kids movie from like like the eighties or nineties where you're like I know this isn't for me but this is just adorable it's pretty fucking great now what really piqued my interest about this topic because i was thinking because i saw the question obviously before you started i started thinking about it, and obviously i jumped to smash tasm because that's just my really main experience of mishima but then i forgot that i made mishima back in the day and i have a list pulled up of all the machinima I made um, like 10 years ago. Date, dates are fucked up because I privated the videos on YouTube on my old, old, old channel and then redid them and then re put them up because I'm like, I want them to be public for, for easy use for me, basically. Uh, so I re put them back up. So they're all at the top of my channel. So the only one. So I'm looking at the list I made. I remember making most of these. The only one I remember having any serious investment in doing was was my my five part series called The Blizzard, uh, in which um, Mushroom Kingdom freezes over. Mario and the gang gotta fucking stop it. Was there a self insert character? You fucking bet. Was it a Sonic the Hedgehog? No, actually, I was uh, I was a uh, res- I was he was brawl, so I was a reskin of Mario. I was blue Mario, the blue and red skin of Mario. Really oh, that's right. my favorite one. Yeah, I really love that fucking outfit. So I I was that. Um, uh, one of my other 
a couple of my other like online friends at the time um also had like roles in the uh in the five part like movie i'm looking at the runtime i think the runtime of it if you put all the parts together is about um about 25 minutes or so uh so maybe one day if we ever wanted to do a video game if we ever wanted to do like video content we we should do uh we should do like a commentary over it because there's no voice acting there's no voice acting it's all done through text all the right right that was the way they did it yeah that was the way some people did it i mean i know like uh, a famous machinima maker who i was also a big fan of uh mario mario 54321 you ever watch any of his stuff was he the one who did the super mario 64 ones yeah yeah he was well known for the 64 ones is mostly what he did yeah, I did like those. Was he the one who did Little Lost Kirby? Maybe. Little Lost Kirby is an underappreciated gem. I, uh, no, that would be, uh, M. Jacob Barker, six years ago. He um, must have changed his name. Yeah, I have not, uh, no. There's I, no way, there's no way that was six years ago. Hang on. He might have re-uploaded it. Possibly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch this to make sure that's the right one. Yeah, I just typed in little. Uh, oh, I typed in little lost Kirby, and the first thing that popped up was the lost Kirby. Oh yeah, that's not it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was called Little Lost Kirby, but um, yeah, no, nothing came up on on my end. But but what I appreciated about what I appreciated about Mar- Mario Mario five four three two one, what I loved about him was he started with just like these like whatever machinimas just like these kind of like one-off ones and then he's like i'm gonna start adding in lore and it culminates in like six movies like the first like i think the runtime of like the fourth movie is like 30 parts each like seven minutes each there's like so much lore dude there's so much like uh lore in the mario mario 54321 machinima movies uh, and they're all great. They're all they're all fun. I haven't watched them in fucking decades. Um, but it looks like he's still making videos. Motherfucker put up a message about COVID nineteen three weeks ago, so he's still out here. He's still out here grinding. That's amazing. Making shit happen. So God, God bless, man. Machinima, fun kind of content. I gotta well, say, it was, was a fun kind of content to make. Mario, Mario. Mario Mario five four three two one. Right, I want to see if he's well known. His his the one I, the video I saw in the video that got him popular was was the six minute video of Mario trying to jump over the castle. He, I remember he had. Oh yeah, the cosmic crystals. Yeah, cosmic this. crystals, dude. Cos- yeah. There's four cosmic crystal movies. There's two, like they go to a fucking island. It starts with a Z. I don't remember the name of the, the island. But there's two movies on this fucking island. They all are in the same universe. They all take place in the same lore. And there's a couple other smaller mo- movies that tie in, and they have a big Avengers movie like at the end where they fight Dark Star X or some bullshit. It's so, nuts, man. So the one that I'm thinking of, which I can't fucking find anymore, um, but it, it's it's a cute little gem. It's a really cute little like thing, which is Kirby is the daughter is the son of uh, a Samus, like a purple Samus. 
and mm-hmm. and Samus is the mom, and Kirby goes missing, and Kirby has all these little adventures, and her, her his mom is trying to find him. And yeah. I'm like, this is so like wholesome and cute, you know. It had like that kind of internet age humor, but like like she would like go up to like a, a store counter or something. I think she like loses him in a supermarket, and like he just goes off on his little adventures. But it's like it's like it was kind of cute. Um, yeah. that that was a little gem. Uh, but it was by a primarily Mario sixty four machinima maker. That was a cute one. Um, yeah. and and it, that did awaken uh some other memories of of some other machinimae machinimae machinimas yeah yeah, no i think it's like uh like i think i think machinima is like a genuinely cool um like a genuine just a genuinely cool like form of video i think is sick um yeah well well it is also worth noting that that shippage is now an animator technically oh fantastic has he done has he he done any animates in like source filmmaker um oh cool oh, okay cool i yeah think but, actually, but he's he's pretty good like his like his animation's not bad at all as far as source film i've been goes. actually and, and like actually, he's got um he, one of his later episodes he does a pokemon thing called starter squad uh and it has like eight million views so he's doing well oh, wow. for himself yeah yeah no that's great that's awesome that's i'm i always love hearing about creators that are still around and they're still doing like great stuff Last uh, last I, uh, last upload seven months ago. So I mean, you know, he's he's bumping through it if he can. Yeah, I guess he's yeah he he's he's around. I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I think like I've actually been kind of I've been interested in maybe like trying to get in and like trying like trying source filmmaker just to see how it works to make porn. Well, what so what got me into Source Filmmaker was not porn, Miles. I only Even watch the, SFM. I actually don't. I, I find it I, horribly disturbing. I find I, all I, of Source Filmmaker kind of disturbing. I it, well, I like, but here's the deal. I like the surrealness of it. Um, and I saw like a, I think I watched like a, it was like a fucking like a, a JoJo meme. It was like a Kira JoJo meme of him explaining like sheer heart attack oh, and yeah, bites the yeah. dust. He, it, he's like explaining a, to Kira all the bomb, or he's explaining to Killer Queen his ideas for bombs. For bombs. And, and Killer Queen says, give, shut. Like, it's a great, it's a funny video. If you're a, uh, I do you remember, part there are some good watching. JoJo memes, uh, some good Joe jokes as they're called. Yeah, and there's some good, uh, and there's some good, um, uh, I, a couple good Sonic ones too that I've seen. Of there's like some, recreating there's, there's one really movie. funny one. It's called Best Friend, I believe. Um, that one's good. Um, yeah, I'll have to. I I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I'm music like, video. this is. I'm like, this is a cool program, and I just like that. If you got the model, they're in there. I'm like, fuck. Oh, like, this birds, is a birds friend. Birds friend. Birds friend. Yes. Okay. But anyways, continue. Um. But yeah, I think it's a really, I I think it's a really cool program, and just the stuff people have made, I think is like surreal and like weird, and it's just kind of my aesthetic. And I'm like, fuck, I'd like to make source filmmaker like shorts. I think I think my really issue cool. with it is the frame rate fucks with my brain. Yeah, it 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 like. It I'm not sure what the frame rate is supposed to be, but I, I it runs it, at like sixty. <laughs> it scares me. It's like it's like it's like really like sharp <laughs> like it's really <laughs> it just disturbs me well that's that's my problem with like when i watch like a telenovela like it just like pops up on the screen or something or, or, or when you watch like a late night like nick at night kid show yeah and it's like oh my god it's running at 60 frames or like you know and it's like what freaky. show runs it there, there's a couple like shows that run at 60 i know telenovelas run far above 30 um or 24 but oh. like they're they're disturbing their, their yeah. frame rate is disturbing Hold on, I'm oh gonna, the- i'm gonna the one that gets me, the the one that gets me is is uh are are like the soap operas when you turn on the TV at like you turn on primetime at like eleven thirty a.m. 
uh, Central Time, you go to you flip to like ABC or something. And they're playing like some some bullshit, some like soap opera bullshit, and like it doesn't look like the characters are there. It looks like the it's they're green screened in. It's like a background. Well, I, f- I found an explanation for this. Uh, so movies and TV seem to usually be shot in 24, but soap operas are obviously much higher. I'm not yeah. sure if it's 60 or 48, but it's much smoother than anything else on TV. Why? And the answer is it's, it's because they're shot on video as opposed to film. Film is traditionally projected at 24 frames per second, but videos don't have to be. In the case of soap operas, they are cheaply yeah, like, made, so I, uh... they just shoot them on to regular videotape or digital video these days, which looks smooth, um, smoother than something shot on film stock. Which, of course, uh, but but it seems like the idea essentially is they're using non non filmic non industry standard cameras. They're probably using things that like you could find in a school. Oh oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, they're doing that. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Like, and this was a little bit of a this wasn't saying it was a controversy is overblowing it to a fucking extreme. But back when, when I was in college and I was doing stuff for, for class, I deliberately made all my stuff like 29 frames a second or 29.97 frames a second. <laughs> that's like my aesthetic. Cause that's to me like that's internet video. And I see myself as like an internet video creator, not sure, just like sure. some half-assed artist. So I really, I, I identify with that frame rate a lot. Like to me, like I don't like shooting in like 24 frames a second. I just don't think it fits me. Uh, and I like, the feeling of like a twenty nine point nine seven uh frame a second video. But not my games. Game and sixty or butts, baby. I actually I, can't I don't play mind a, a twenty four frame a second video. I think I think it does. Oh I like oh I in, like twenty four frames mind, a second movies. Yeah. In my mind it is filmic. Uh, and I and I like the, the filmic quality of it. Yeah, I uh oh and let me get this let me get this straight. I don't like shooting in 24 frames a second i like watching movies in 24 frames a second though i appreciate the film equality i just know i never want to really have that i don't really want to have like the film aesthetic because you can achieve it really easily uh yeah if just, just switch the fucking frame rate and then and then color grade it yeah literally uh and i'll color grade my shit uh because one of my documentaries uh the tinder one is actually fully color graded uh and i think it actually looks great i think it looks like significantly better than the other two there there is uh, something i do want to get to actually uh about, yeah, what's about up? that tinder that tinder thing which is oh that yeah it, it has the most 2000s song of all time on the subject of like sort of like nostalgic things that are lost to fucking time um it has it has the most like if you did not grow up in the 2000s, it's the equivalent of like a 90s kids thing where it's like, if you did not grow up in the 2000s, you cannot appreciate the following song. But you have a segment in that video set to walkie talkie man, baby. <laughs> uh, and, and that shit is like premier 2000s music. It's, it's like, dude, like I, I'm going to be honest. Like my, my trilogy of documentaries is the most self-indulgent shit I've ever fucking made. Uh, cause it has like the, just, I'm just going to pull up just the Tinder one. Cause it has the most, it's just the, it's the longest one. It's like twice as long as the other ones. It's like 15 minutes. Um, yeah. It's thir- yeah 13 and a half minutes. And like it opens up with so the opening b- 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 second you don't even see me fully fade in but you, but you hear the first note of sicko mode uh, <laughs> it opens up with sicko mode me with the can so let me just i want to explain the opening shot for someone who's listening to this for the first time does not know i'm a video creator or anything like that the first shot of this 
documentary, which is currently my magnum opus. I don't think I've made anything better than this, except maybe Doctor Distortion. Doctor um, <laughs> Distortion's great. By the way, I I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say anything more than this. I ha I finally have an idea for a Distortion sequel. So oh, once sick. The, I can't wait. Once the once the the quarantine's over, I want to shoot it with my buddy Adam again because he has all the distortion equipment. But right. I know what song I'm gonna do and I know what the joke's gonna be and it's gonna be, and I think it's fucking great. Uh, I think you'll you'll get a kick out of this special. I'm excited. Uh, but the, this opening shot is, is like the most Sam Kingma thing ever. It, first of all, th- this shot of me. It's like this, how do I describe it? It's like this back angle shot of like, you can see like the side of my head, but it's profiled back behind me and you can see whatever I'm playing and you can see me holding a controller. This is like my shot. This is like King McCore. Like I do this in like, <laughs> like I do this in another documentary, the same shot. So you see me, a can of Coors Lights on the table. I'm playing Sekiro. The other my other monitor you can just make out moogie <laughs> as my other as what's on the other monitor and i'm and i'm wearing my uh gone gold uh which is a great podcast check them out uh, uh hoodie, stop uh, stop love. plugging other podcasts fucking love and yeah so it opens up with sicko mode and then the opening title crawl plays another song from stereogram uh, who are and the then, creators of Walkie Talkie Man? Yes, uh, the song we mentioned. Because earlier. later in the the piece, there's a montage sequence, and I play the entirety of Walkie Talkie Man. <laughs> it's it's my favorite part of the, the of the sequence. Oh, my too. It's super funny, and it's I think the the scene's really well edited. I think it's really funny, um, and it's timed great. I I uh, it's synced up really well with what's happening in the in the doc. So yeah. Um, Check out my documentary. Listen to Walkie Talkie Man. Fucking great song, dude. That yeah, I, I mean, I guess this has ultimately become sort of like a, an exploration of like very nostalgic, um, not just like not just that, but but things that were pretty formative works for us, even though they sound absurd now. Which yeah. which I think is really interesting because it, it makes for a, an origin story that's very different um, than than the generation before us. Like if you listen to like Kevin Smith, you know what I mean. Like Kevin Smith, of course, very famous like independent filmmaker, basically one of the first like truly genuinely independent filmmakers. Yeah, um, made Clerks, sold Clerks to Harvey Weinstein, tugs tugs the shirt. Um, but yeah, you know, and then, uh, and then, you know, he made his other movies under Harvey Weinstein, a bigger tug of the shirt. Uh, <laughs> and then he made nothing good after Dogma. Um, but, um, I like mall rats. I know that's before Dogma, but I just yeah. wanted, to, I just wanted it on the record that I really I like, like mall, mall rats. rats. I, I like mall rats well enough. I think Dogma is my favorite. Um, if only because I just... Like, I've only seen Clerks in, in Mallrats, I gotta be If honest. only because I just, like, like I'm not a big Clerks guy myself, but that's fine, you know? It hit for me in high school. I think I'd... I'd actually think I'd like it more if I watched it now. I, I probably would. I saw it in college, and I was like, I dig this, but, like, it's not my kind of thing. But I, I, I like and respect Kevin... I will say this about Kevin Smith. I like that Kevin Smith knows he's a hack. I think that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Like, Ke- Kevin just, Smith... Kevin Smith once went on record... Saying Kevin Smith is my favorite filmmaker. He makes things that only I want to see. I understand no one else does. Yeah, but but he makes the stuff I want to see. Um, and 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 he's basically like I haven't made anything good since uh like when when he was he he was dying of a heart attack, and he was like I lived a good life. I'm ready to die. And then in his final moments, he was like, Wait, no. If I die, the last movie I made will be Yoga Hosers. 
<laughs> and, and it gave him the will to live to make a third Jay and Silent Bob film. Bob film. It's it's amazing. I, it's uh, I I I really res- I respect the hell out of Kevin Smith. I think he's I think he's a great creator. Um, I I do too. I, and I don't like most of the things he's done. But and I, I gotta like be honest. Man. And I gotta be honest with, with you, Miles. I really and this might be blasphemous to say. I don't think you have to create anything good to be a great creator. <laughs> no, I I disagree. I or I no, I agree. I think um, because I, I think like to be well to be a good creator is just about having good. It's not just about having good ideas, but also having good execution and and sort of about making something that only you can make really yeah you know what i mean and you just see like when i watch like clerks or like mall rats i just see like i just see passion and i see just a group of people having a great fucking time being there and like i that gets me so hard whenever i watch like movies specifically is like i love like watching a movie and i'm like fuck everyone who filmed this had a lot of fun like it's like how i felt when i watched like the sonic movie for the first time i was like fuck i could tell everyone has having a good time here like i could tell everyone's having a really fun time and the way they all like all the actors and people involved uh just saying good things about the positive feedback they got in the film and just being like yeah like we had a great time filming it i'm like i can fucking see i can see it and it's there's great. A, there's a really weird, like, sentiment that I've always had with, like, I understand Hideo Kojima is, like, a whack job, and he has weird and terrible ideas, but I, I think the one thing that, that I've noticed with, like, Death Stranding, of all things, is that all of the actors in Death Stranding seem to be very proud of Death Stranding. Uh, and, and, it, and it's one of those things you would be like, really? That's surprising. Like, you, you don't imagine Kevin Spacey being terribly proud of his role in Call of Duty. Duty Advanced Warfare. <laughs> yeah, like like meanwhile it's like you have Keanu Reeves on the other side of things who who was who asked for more work for Cyberpunk 76. Yeah, he it's uh, it. and like there's dude like when I, I'll never forget dude when like Keanu Reeves walked up on that stage at E3 like last year talking about Cyberpunk. It was last year, right? Yeah. It was. That was the Ikumi Nakamura year as well. Yes, beautiful woman. Can we get her on the fucking podcast? She might agree. Like she's she seems like the kind of person who would do it if she thought it was funny enough for her to do. Yeah, we'd have to like we'd I'd have to like put together like a pitch pack. Be like, here's our show. Here's some clips. Do you want to be on an episode? Um, and find a way to properly translate that to Japanese. Um, but like seeing fucking. Counter Reeves, who, by the way, I've been a big fan of for a long time. All I want to say, I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to do the whole thigh thing where I definitely created everyone's love of thighs. That was all me. Like you people love Keanu Reeves. People love Keanu Reeves for decades. And I've been, a, I love, I, I've just, he's just one of my favorite actors. He's I, always well, I've been. Always, I've always felt empathy for him. Cause like he, he's been washed up and he was like a joke for a while. And I was like, no, he's a cool, great guy. Yeah. I mean, I liked him during like the joke. I mean, I got into him during the joke era just because he was in a bunch well, of yeah, movies. That's when I was like, old enough to, to give a shit. Yeah, like Point Break and Matrix and Bill and Ted and all these movies I really like. Yeah, uh, he's in and him and upstage. He's talking to about go back to Freaked. He's, pardon? And then he's also in Freaked as Rico or not as Rico as um, yeah, Rico the dog boy. Okay. Do we need by, to do by, a Crackhouse commentary on on Freaked? Because this is the, like the second or third time it's been brought up. 
Uh, probably. Well, I, well, okay. So, so, re, uh, yeah, he he plays a, a man in dog prosthetic because Alex Winter, I believe, was Ted in Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, or which was Keanu Reeves Bill? Uh, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I've actually never seen. No, Bill. no, no. He's Ted. And I've actually never seen Bill. Bill and Ted personally, but I believe Alex Winter was uh was was um the uh, other one yeah the other bill one. or ted bill or ted bill and or ted and he he was uh he was he was a like a big mtv alum he made a show called the idiot box mm-hmm. um and and he's sort of like like he he's basically like credited as as a major like uh style like he contributed really to the style of the 90s like the very fast-paced like electric electric guitar like sort of anarchic aesthetic um uh like 90s not not 90s grunge but very aggressive rock like that was all sort of like alex winter kind of uh okay. aesthetic and it, and it, and he was in on that like very early during mtv and so he's kind of a, a yeah, no, big oh, okay. influence over 90s style as a whole yeah that makes that, ma- that makes sense um but yeah like to get to, to get back to the the, the Reeves point when i saw him on that stage talking about cyberpunk i'm like okay I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, it's pretty clear. You really don't understand too much about video games, but I can tell you really care about your role in this game and you're really excited about it. And that's what I think that's what was so wholesome about that whole moment with him. Like beyond like him shouting at people in the crowd that they're beautiful or whatever. You're breathtaking. Uh, Yeah. You're breathtaking. Thank you. Um, Like just when he's talking about cyberpunk, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can tell you really don't know, like, that much about games, but, like, fuck, man. It's so cool seeing someone who's just so excited to be here. And that's always what rubs me the wrong way about some of the guests they get at the Game Awards. Like, you don't give a shit about this crap, but, like, the Game Awards last year where Sekiro won ended with, like, a horrible trailer for some Fast and the Furious game. And, like, Vin Diesel and some other broad from Fast and Furious um, came out there. And we're like, uh, here's the, like, like video games are cool and you should play ours. I'm like, you guys don't give a fuck about games. Actually, doesn't Vin, Vin Diesel, I believe has his own video game company. He makes his own licensed games for his own films. And, and, and the general consensus is they're better than his movies. I mean, maybe (laughs) Vin, Vin Diesel. I believe Vin Diesel is a video game company owner. Um, yeah, he yeah he might he might have some like monetary role or like he no he I know so, he, yeah video he offers game, his voice and stuff for a lot of projects. No, no, he he is the executive producer of a ton of games, and yeah, no, Tygon Studios um, is a video game uh, developer owned by One Race Films, primarily focusing on games featuring actor Vin Diesel, who also founded the company. Okay, I'm pulling this up right now. I just want to see. Oh, okay. It's okay. So they did Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay, yes, which is like one of the most like well known, well regarded, um, uh, like video games based on a movie time. Yeah, especially around that Real time. Man, apparently, which uh, yeah. which people seem to like. I thought, um, what's the game where the subtitle is "You Are the Driver"? Oh, uh, Driver LA, I think. Um, I'm. It's, I, uh... Or, or is it, is it, uh, like a burnout game? It's, um... Dr- 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. The game is called Driver Colon. You are the wheel man. <laughs> Not to be confused with wheel man. <laughs> the wheel man. Okay, sick. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, Vin Diesel cares about games, but I, I, I don't know. He probably just like is not very good at speaking. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't he did not uh, he did not give off in any way that he gave a solitary fuck about. I think it's probably because Vin Diesel was is elderly and confused, and and he's probably <laughs> he probably doesn't know anything about games as like a, a culture. Fucking true that he man. just he literally Fucking... just makes games as as a product. And because he yeah. cares about video games, but he probably isn't aware that the Game Awards are a giant Dorito sales convention. <laughs> My, well, let's, do you, do you let's be Shik honest. Hydro Man. We got to do. All right. So let's let's. I, all right. I'll, I'll play. You know, I'll, I'll play. I'll play defense for the Game Awards for like a, a hot second. For two frames. <laughs> yeah, for two meters. Uh, but like, um, I I I really do think like. As I've gotten older and I've seen a lot of these shows, I can tell and I can just tell that like Jeff Keeley genuinely wants to put on a good professional show. Yeah. Like I can the, tell the he really cares. He just needs money. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. shit like this is expensive. Yeah, uh, like it's super yeah, like yeah, and that's sort of the thing is like putting on a production like this, which by the way, he does put up for free. Well, like yeah. he does stream it for free. Like, so I I Totally, like, there's, and, like, don't get me wrong, there's some huge issues with some of the um, advertisements at the Game Awards, specifically the video game-focused ones are, like, a little sus, but, World like... World premiere. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it it's lame. Like, there's some, there's some stuff about the Game Awards I don't, like, the problem with the Game Awards is that it's currently stuck between two crossroads. Does it want to be E3 in December or does it want to be the Game Awards, the award show? Well, the problem if is it's the Game Awards, like there's not enough content at any given award show. Have you ever sat through the Oscars? No, because it's 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 horribly boring. Exactly. It's horribly boring and uninteresting. And, and I think I think they are aware that ultimately gamers don't, they could be doing literally anything else right about now. 100%. Like if you're, if yeah, like, you're a movie fan... You you, ha- you you could turn on a movie, I guess, but like like the Emmys or the Oscars are like a cultural thing. You know, yeah, what it's I mean? like a cultural event, and like, and I could see like Je- Jeff Keighley's really trying to make this like the the not the Oscars for games, but the the Oscar equivalent, where like this is what everyone's gonna look at for like when we talk about awards for video games. Like that's what he's trying to make, and I I think he's like there's been some years where like the game awards has been great. Like I think like 2017, 2017 year, was like, awesome. Of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, 20, 2017. Um, that was the year that Breath of the Wild won. Bunch of other, a couple other games, Persona Three, Odyssey, Horizon, and PUBG were the other four games nominated for Game of the Year. Like yes. that was a great show. Like that was, like, I was actually surprised. Oh, how well done that show was. I believe Nier Automata was also in the running for best game. Um, I don't think it was nominated for Game of the Year, but I think it was nominated for a major category. It was yeah. like action, uh, like adventure or something like that. Yeah, probably action uh, game. Yeah, action. Yeah, I th- yeah, did it win? No, I don't think it. I think it only won one thing, which was score. Okay. This, hey, man, this cannot continue as a fucking beat. So uh. yeah, no. Ever, honestly, it's if it's gonna win for anything, story or score, that's so, sounds that's good it. to me. Like, yeah, it didn't win for but, story. I think Horizon won for story. I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, it might have. I have to. I have to. I'd have to take a look. Mario but, Odyssey like, won for story. 
Oh, yikes. Um, <laughs> what a year, dude. What a rough year. Uh, if that wins. Um, it didn't win. That's but a joke. Uh, but, like, that was, like, that was a good show. Like, I was, like, 2017. I'm, like, shit. I'm, like, I was, like, fucking really impressed. I remember 2018. Um, I didn't even tune in because I was, like, I didn't play a single game this year. Yeah, and it's and it's less fun if you haven't played any of them. I know I, because I 2019, 2019 was the year where I had I I looked at what the the nominees for the the game awards for 2019, and I lost my I actually like lost my mind. I'm like fuck, I'm out of touch. Like it was it wasn't even like a am I out of touch like questioning. No, I was like no, like this list of games proves that I am completely out of touch with gaming because my like because I mean. I say that the year that my game of the year and the game of the year was, you know, both both were Sekiro, um, which is, I mean, we both believe our, I mean, Game Awards and myself both believe they're excellent games. But, like, my second favorite game of the year was fucking Remnant from the Ashes, which is, like, an incredibly solid third-person shooter that has not really, like, third-person gameplay, shooting gameplay has not been like that since, like, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, and I actually think you'd I really want. like it, dude. I yeah. think you'd really like Remnant because it's similar to RE4 in the sense where it's like it's not cover based. You don't do any cover based shooting. Instead, in but you have like a bit like you have a, like it's shooting, but you have like a Dark Souls role basically. Well, and it's was, just th- there was only one other game that had like no real cover based aspects, and that was Control. And Control was fucking lame. I, I, I think I think control of all games was like the game that killed my enthusiasm for 3D for third person shooters. I think before I was like I'm a, I like third person shooters. And then when I played control, I said I like Splatoon, Vanquished and Resident Evil 4. Please I'm I am begging you when you get a PC, please give Remnant a a real chance. I would, I, lo- I, I would love to try it. I, because, dude, I'm not even kidding, dude. I was so, I was blown away with how much I love that game. Like, I, I booted it up saying, Dark Souls with guns, little mouse, sounds cool, paid 40 bucks for it, booted it up, and just got something totally different. But, like, I was just like, damn, like, I haven't played a game with shooting this good in who knows how long. Really made me fall back in love with just guns in video games. Because, like... So, because here's what happened. Because after I finished Remnant, I played Control, and I'm like, "This is the most limp dick shooting I've ever fucking felt." Oh no, I, I hated Control. I I feel I, it plays terribly. I, was I think it plays so hard to like that game. I loved the presentation of it, and I just remember being like, "Oh my god, this pl-. like." <sighs> I understand that that you get psychic powers, but like the psychic powers are all vaguely similar, like to things I've seen in other games. Uh, it's it's the same thing as Quantum Break, in, in that it's it's basically a, a third person shooter with a, a, a an assistant mechanic. Yeah. Um, where where the 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 other mechanics are are some sort of mobility based assistant that that doesn't actually add to the depth of the game. It just makes the the shooting harder and somewhat sloppier it's like the anti-vanquish where like the slide boost in vanquish isn't just about getting around really quickly it's about using the slide boost to get into other things uh including slow motion uh the kick which is the best physical attack because whatever you kick you flip off of which gets you in an aerial state for another slowdown uh yeah. you know think things like that where vanquish um Va- vanquish's secondary mechanic is is still in very much in service of shooting Versus it's yeah. like the the dash and the float or and the levitate like those those 
are horrible options for shooting because they leave you as a sitting duck. It's best to stay on the ground, use cover, and fling things constantly. Yeah, the way to win the like, game yeah. is to upgrade your, your throw mechanic. And, yeah, and I, there, I, is, there is nothing better, there's no better shining example of game design than a boss who either sprays goo that does non-stop damage to you and kills you in one hit. Most things kill you in one hit on, on anything above, like, easy mode. Um, and, uh, and, and a boss where you have to aim up, but he shoots the ground and creates holes in the ground that yeah, you can't see so you can't aiming see them. up. So fucking stupid. All the bosses man. in that game are fucking terrible. Yeah, I, dude, I, I only played, like, I think I played three hours of Control, I I was like done with it. I was like, this sucks. I was like, I, I remember I remember thinking like that in Doom, and this is a good a positive example for Doom. But I remember playing Doom, and I was like, I'm not having a whole lot of fun. And I was like, you know what? It's probably because I'm playing with a controller, like because it's it's cumbersome and it's slowing me down, and I hate not being able to like turn as quickly as I know I should. So, yeah. but so that was one game where I was like, this is probably better with a controller. And then Control was the second, or with a with a, a mouse and keyboard. And I yeah. remember playing Control, and I said, this is a game that barely fucking works without a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I can agree. And I got to be honest, I got to, I mean, I just gotta, I mean, this is this is an interesting conversation because, like, I mean, I've been a, I've been a PC gamer now officially since like 2016, so about uh, soon to be like four years in September. Uh, I really am very inefficient with the keyboard and mouse. I like cannot play, like at all. I I probably couldn't either, to be perfectly you, honest. I mean, you have to. I mean, it you, it's it's like learning a controller. It's like learning dual sticks. Like you have to learn it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just been meaning to like try to find like a game. Like I, I want to try to find a way to like boot up like Doom One, like Doom ninety three. Try to learn how to do it. That would be um, the game I train my my fingers on keyboard wise. Yeah, I mean, a great way... To, I mean, I honestly think it's a great way to do it because, A, you get a chance to play a bunch of classic first-person shooter games. You can play Doom. You can play Quake. Um, what's the other one that everyone likes to talk about in that kind of, like, trilogy of, like, fast kind of shooters? Half-Life? Blood? Yeah, Half-Life, kind of. Not really. A, a little earlier than that. Duke Ultima. Nukem. There we go. Oh, Ultima, yeah. Yeah, you can play, like, Ultima or, like, Quake or Doom. By the way, all, all those games on Steam go and stuff for, like, a dollar each. So well, well, Ultima, Ultima is like a, an immersive sim, but still, it's not. Oh, it's I'm not so. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally fucked up then. Duke um, Nukem is is the one I'm offering. Shadow Warrior. Uh, oh, Shadow Warrior. Do have you ever played the remake? Like no. the the reboot that they did. I'm sure the reboot plays better on PC. I'm. Oh, I'm. Well, everything plays better on PC, Miles. Uh, no, but I mean so, I'm better with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've I've uh, like sworn off buying any first person game on a console. I think it's the worst way to take in one of those games. Yeah, I uh, I I don't mind controller honestly. Like I played Doom 2016 through its entirety on on a PS4 controller, and honestly, it didn't really bother me. What However, I have my sensitivity up very high. Oh, okay. And oh, and when I played on PC, I played on Ultra Violence, which was like the hard difficulty with the controller. I got through half the game. I ended up stopping to the other, like, just got distracted with other stuff and never went back to it. Uh, but I was okay. I mean, I was it was okay for me. Uh, I just have the sensitivity up extremely high, because um, that's just how I like my my control. But yeah, I I really want to learn how to play like keyboard and mouse, just because just better efficiency, and I can I could probably enjoy those first person games a bit more. So to get back to Machinima, oh man, 
Yikes. <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I think we're kind of done with, with the whole Machinima thing, right? Yeah, I, I really don't have anything... I, I really don't have anything thing else. Oh my I... god, I was talking about Kevin Smith. I remember now. <laughs> I'm what? such a fucking idiot, dude. Do you have anything to say? About... I do, yes. Anyways, Kevin Smith, like a filmmaker like him, he went and saw Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, this this would be great for the cut content episode, to be perfectly frank. This but... is, oh no, I'm not gonna lie, the second half of the show is just going into cut, yeah. cut content volume one or yeah. two. Uh, but anyways, so... You have a guy like Kevin Smith, who, who his origin story with Clerks, he made Clerks, uh, you know, and he was like, you know, the, the, one of the first really independent filmmakers. Um, and he said, like, oh, the thing that made me fall in love with film was Star Wars. You know, like, like very kind of solid, typical answer. You have a yeah. guy like, you know, you have a guy like Tarantino or something who said, like, my, my the first the thing that made me fall in love with movies was, you know, like probably like. Like under the exploitation genre, or I started watching foreign films, and it's like we grew up in an era where you can say, and I quote, "The thing that got me into film was a machinima called Smash Tasm." Yeah, and and this is actually something I actually did want to ask you about like forty minutes ago, because... before all this cut content. Yeah, well, yeah, all this is fucking cut content. This is all one. It's this is going to be its own. Because I mean, let's be honest. We've been talking about this machine mission since an hour forty into the podcast. Um, so this is its own like cut content. Cut, cut content. Fair, very. But good. like, w- what? What I love, like, we both went to to art. We all right. We I went to a state school. You went to like a primarily art college. Oh uh, yeah, I went. To I a, was in. Um, I went to a communications school. Oh, okay. Which but we were, it, we were in art. It's, fan, it's called. It's a fucking art school. We were in <laughs> arts. We were in art school at state and communication colleges. Like, or universities, excuse me. We were, we were enrolled in, in those kind of colleges at the yeah. universities. I, I, I mean, my, my school was a quote-unquote a communication school, but it was basically an art school. And I, I want to know about you. Like, I had a kind of a hard time connecting with a lot of my my classmate or I didn't have a hard time connecting with them. We all got along just fine, but I had a hard time really communicating with my professor. Um, like just how, how I be like, how, like how I wanted to do things and like how I, well, I, yeah, I did too, because I remember we, I, I took a, a class about writing short films. Um, and I, and I remember pitching, uh, a short film based on hello planet. Yep. Which I liked. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was a sick idea. I, I would like to pursue something similar to that. Um, but you know that kind of like optimistic, cute, lonely journey. I, I've always found that very appealing. And so I pitched like a first episode based on the. the it's sort of like like a Final Fantasy VII remake, like extension of like the the fucking first ten seconds of that song, where she's yeah. in a, a shelter, um, taking care of a plant. And I was like. I was like, I can make that into a whole short film. It's based on Miku, and, and I'm gonna have like all these ideas about like, sort like sort of like like the decision to because I, I do consider uh, Hello Planet something of a coming of age story, um, yeah, and 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 a story about like pursuit, pursuit of something greater than than the safety of of you know what is comfortable, um, and so I was like, I'm gonna make this whole story about about a young girl who's has to decide if she wants to leave. A very safe environment for a dangerous adventure, but she's going to actually grow from it. Um, and I was like, this is going to be part one of, like, ten. Uh, and I was explaining that to her. And she's like, okay, so, like, who's going to act it? And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't explain that this is an animated film. Because I, I just, in my brain, I was like, doesn't this sound like an animation concept? And they were like, no, I didn't think that way. 
And and I was like, it was just this like disconnect for me where like, I I always sort of knew like what I want to do are are things that are primarily animated, except you know mm-hmm. if not entirely. Um, and so like when I pitch something, it's never live action first, and that's just something that I understand in my heart, but nobody else does. Um, you know, and and as sort of another kind of thing is is I would I would communicate things like that. And they would be like, well, well, what's the, what's the grounding in reality, basically? And I was like, well, it's supposed to be more of like a, you know, it's, it's not, it's not semiotic. It's, it's more of a symbolic kind of, kind of thing. Um, the, the story, the story is not supposed to be, uh, it, it, it is, it is a literal sequence of events, but it's not supposed to be, uh, you know, like a, like, like a, a just a pure narrative kind of deal. Um, I'm not making um, any sense. Uh, but, but the point, the point is basically, I just had a fuck ton of trouble communicating with my professors, you know, and trying to communicate my ideas because basically like I wasn't a film student. I was, I was just like a writer basically. And I, and I was, I was not Mm -hmm. a writer who loved to write, like just to like write like prose and all these things. Like I was someone who liked to write very like, like vehicles for, for like, like basically I wrote like fairy tales more or less. Like that was sort of my MO. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and like, it was kind of hard to communicate. Like I like the broad storytelling of fairy tales where like, if something doesn't make sense, you just have to say, all right, I'm going with this because the actual point of the story is, is what it says at the end and, and what, what it all culminates into meaning. Uh, that, that's always been my kind of like the thing that I'm most interested in. I'm not really big on like broad drama, I'm not really big on like, like, like characters doing drugs. Like that was, that was a very common subject. Like a character doing a, doing drugs was, was a, always a movie that people did. Or like, yeah. like people will be like, I, I'm like, people are into like post-apocalypse things, action things, like things based on like period pieces. And and I was always sort of like, it was either like madcap comedy. I, I, I like absurdist kind of comedy or, uh, more or less like fairy tales and fables, even even if the setting wasn't like a Grimm's fairy tale kind of thing, even if it was like a you know, like an urban setting or a future setting, it had the sim a similar framing to fairy tales. But but yeah, I, I had a lot of trouble communicating that because I think it was just uncommon or like, and and I also just think I had terrible communication skills as to as to what I I was thinking like my vocabulary of calling it kind of a fairy tale was, was not something I had figured out for myself. Uh, so, so I think that was definitely it. That was the hitch. Yeah. I, uh, no, that, no, that honestly, like that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know with me, um, the main, like the, my main issue with, um, like communicating sort of like with my, like with my professor and like with kind of my class, and you can kind of see this in like kind of how like the Sam King of documentary quote unquote thing kind of came up was I was in a documentary class and I remember I got into the class day one and found out all we were going to be doing was documentaries. And I look over to my good buddy Elmer who was in the class and I'm like fucking documentaries are fucking lame, bro. They're so shitty. And my professor, uh, who's a great dude, um, basically was like, you know, Sam, a documentary can be whatever the fuck you want. So my first documentary, which was about insomnia, um, the prompt for it was 
to make a PSA, basically, to make a documentary regarding a problem. And I have a big issue with my art. I have a big issue as a creator where it's really hard to step out of my own shoes and like write another character. Like it is very hard for me to be like, I'm going to write a fictional world with other characters that are not me or are not some like spinoff of like me or like, you know, anything like that or related to me in any way. A very hard time writing like that. So I was like, shit i got a pretty nice i was like junior or high senior of college i was like fuck i got a pretty decent life all things considered like so i'm like well what 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 can i speak to like what what can i speak to from the heart i'm like oh well this insomnia is ruining my fucking life and i'm like okay cool so i did my doc about that and everyone really liked it they're like this is a really personal story about why sleeping is good (laughs) like um and it's great and kind of kept that kind of just kept that going it sort of became my thing like my senior year and the tinder doc which we mentioned earlier is my capstone or was my college capstone so my college capstone was i don't even remember i don't think i did anything yeah i uh i don't think i had a capstone project yeah yeah some some schools like some some do it some don't um and some capstones are more crazy and stuff i do want to say hate to fucking jack my own dick here did get did get a did get a full ovation for the uh uh for the for my tinder doc by the way when i did when i showed it yeah everyone was very excited it ends on it ends on a hype note that was a big thing with uh that was a big thing with one of my uh professors they were like why do you always use all this music i'm like why do you use all this like licensed music you can't you know it's not you know it's not you know your original work it's not copyright free i'm like i don't care because it makes you feel something because yeah. when you hear the opening note of sicko mode, Miles, that makes you feel something. Because you know what sicko mode is. You don't know what you don't know what generic trap beat nine means. You don't have any relationship to that. I That's think, why I, think I actually I, there. There's only one piece of media that that I have a relationship to that is a a, a royalty free song, and it's it's um, Fifth Avenue Waltz because it's it's the theme that opens every sketch in Half in the Bag. I'm I'm pulling this up. Fifth Avenue Waltz, is it? Or it might be, yeah, Fifth Avenue Stroll, maybe. Okay, yeah, I, I can I remember this now. Yeah. Um, or I've heard this from from half of the bag before. Yeah. Um the the only piece I this is actually a great story. So the old so basically what happened was for the final. For for one of my editing classes, this was I yeah one of, yeah one of my editing classes, um we basically had to produce a we had to produce a reel like an editing reel showing off some editing tricks we can do I got a I got a middling grade I got like a C on it because I didn't give a shit and didn't try but we had to find like a license we had to find like a royalty free track basically so YouTube actually has this great feature where it has a playlist of a bunch of copyright free songs that are, you know, free to use for like your own videos and stuff. Great right. tool. I found a track that I was listening to kind of like a jazzy like theme and it sampled Cuphead and I said, "Okay, I immediately have to use this." Um and the song, I do not remember it, but it's just like kind of jazzy like it's got this jazzy beat to it. It's got a good beat. It was kind of re- reminded me of something, but I didn't really know what it is. And I was like, "This is a great song." Played it in my buddy, uh, my roommate Bryce. Played it to him, and he's like, dude, this is a remix of Megalovania. <laughs> and 
and I straight up just didn't hear it. And now it's all I hear when I listen to the 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 song. It's I'll I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll I'll post it somewhere. Actually, I think I might be able to play it in the podcast. You could honestly. We should stop like. You know what? Like, let's let's fucking outro the video with that shit. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Okay. 